0: This is the average number of applicants we get versus the number of accepted folks. And if it's only a 10% acceptance rate and you're applying to schools at that level of difficulty, you probably want to apply to 10 of them. Welcome back to Training Room Talk, powered by Precision Performance Physical Therapy. Here we talk about pain, rehab, performance, and education. If you have questions about the nuance that we dive into please reach out to us. We would love to talk to you about it. Apart from that, we hope you guys enjoy today's episode, and we hope everyone stays safe and is staying healthy. All right, guys. Welcome back to today's episode of the podcast. Uh, My name is Dr. Max LePage, and I am here with Dr. Troy. Welcome back, guys. And uh, we are going to talk briefly about... um, This is going to be mostly geared towards potentially high school, but also, you know, really heavily towards college, end of college career students who are looking at applying to PT school. So we're going to talk about a little bit of our own personal experience with the application process, Mm -hmm. and then in interacting with undergraduate students um, and physical therapy students in the clinic here, and what kind of advice or, you know, points of of focus we uh, mm. harp on when talking to them or, or trying to shed some light on what we learn from the process ourselves. So, to start, Troy, what did the process of applying to PT school look like for mm. you? I can sum it up in one word <laughs> late. Oh, man. <laughs>
1: so, um, I was a procrastinator in undergrad, I will admit it. And I don't, I didn't talk to anybody about the application process to PT school. And I wish I had done that because I didn't realize what a beast of an application it was. Yeah. For the PT CAS. And I didn't look into it at all. I just kind of kept kicking the can down the road. I knew I had a while until I graduated and would be going to a PT school. And then when I finally looked at the application, what all it entailed, it was a lot to to get together, to type up. Um, I just remember there was a lot of different boxes you needed to check off just to even be able to apply to these schools. I thought it was going to be like undergrad where it was kind of as simple as you go on like the school's website and you just click a little box that says apply and Mm -hmm. maybe send like an application fee and maybe a little letter and that was it. And that is not the case for PT school. So how did you How many places did you apply? So here's the thing. I (laughs) was so late (laughs) that by the time I had it all finished, all of the deadlines had been met. So I applied to two places because, in the area that I was looking for, just in like the, you know, tri state area, the PA, the uh, Jersey, Delaware, New York, like this kind of area that we live in now, um, there was only two available. (laughs) Oh my god. So what
0: month did you apply? Do you remember? I
1: can't remember, but I want to say it was like maybe December-ish or January, something like that. So
0: December, January, and you were applying hmm. to start that... In June.
1: Upcoming year, okay. In June. So it was late. And I remember there were maybe a few other classes, but maybe they had a um, a prerequisite of like um, organic chemistry or something, something that I didn't take. So I wasn't able to apply to those places. So I was limited to two and luckily for me it worked out but i would strongly recommend it against doing that <laughs> and what were, obviously widener was one of the two what was the other one Widener was one and alvernia was the other one mm. and at the time alvernia was very new they only had one first year go through so they weren't accredited by CAFT and Ooh. it was super unclear and uncertain about the future And because of that, I chose to go to Widener. And luckily for me, Widener was a great choice for myself. I loved the program and it it worked out. But um, you will not always get that lucky with (laughs) only applying to two. But I kept it at 100%, so I was happy with that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I think most people and what I generally tell people is probably worthwhile to apply to between five and ten. I think 10 is, is obviously on the higher end if you are potentially coming in with weaker test scores or, or uh, GPA or whatever. And then five, if you're generally an academically successful student who gets accepted to things, five is probably enough unless it's the five hardest schools to get into. Uh, I, I think I applied to seven schools. Mm-hmm. Um But for me, it was different. Like, I knew I was going in. Uh, I think I started kind of it being on my radar around May, June-ish. So, in the summer, I knew I had to get some hours done. So, I was starting to complete uh, observation hours. And because of that, I was looking a little bit at schools requirements for, you know, these schools that I'm looking at, where do they require hours in, inpatient, outpatient, some had this like third specialty column that they required hours in. So, just by nature of that, I was looking at the application process, and so I was, you know, looking at those things before it was even open to apply. And then by the time it was open to apply, it was just a couple weeks later, and I had uh, had everything kind of together. So you said May or June, so a year before PT school would have Correct. started. Yeah. Yeah, because I believe it either opened... I think it opened, like, July 1st or July 15th. And my goal was to have everything done and submitted by, like, August 1st or August 15th. So I was giving myself, like, a month after it opened to submit the application. Uh, Because certain schools are rolling admissions and certain schools are not. And rolling admissions essentially means that they accept students kind of as they apply Um, and so the likelihood of you getting accepted is higher earlier on in the process so if you know and and there was a fair amount of the schools that were rolling admissions so just generally your odds are better the earlier you do it Um, and so for that reason I wanted to get it submitted uh, to everywhere just right off the bat and I, I had everything I needed kind of together um my process was a little different because I was living in South Carolina and I knew I I wasn't going to go to PT school in South Carolina but I had no other family in any other state and no reason to go any one place over the other so I actually I had tried to figure out like what are cool places to live in the US and I I literally had looked up multiple articles that were like top 50 cities to live in in the US. And then I looked at all those articles and then cross-referenced, basically, which cities show up on multiple articles. You know, basically taking the average of the top cities, like San Antonio, Texas, was consistently on almost all of those articles, right? Philly was on a lot of those articles. Um, Surprised. (laughs) Yeah, Philly's a great city. and Denver obviously was on a lot of those articles. Uh, Boise, Idaho, like things like that. So I was looking at what are the common ones that show up. And then I, I put together like a list of 20, 20 or so cities. And then went to those cities and saw what are the PT schools in those cities or, or very close to them. And then compiled a list of those PT schools. And then took those PT schools and cross-referenced those with the rankings of those schools and saw where they were ranked. And then essentially narrowed it all the way down to like 10 schools that were generally in good cities that were kind of diversely ranked in terms of like Pitt was number one, um, you know, Colorado where I applied was number 14, like the fairly high ranking schools. But then I had other schools that were ranked like 40th, 50th, 60th, just so I was applying to different varying degrees of, of difficulty or whatever. So anyways, I ended up applying to, I think, seven schools of those 10, and I had eliminated those other three, I think, because they those specific schools required like separate application processes, or there was just so many other essays or whatever, and I was like, ah, I don't really wanna to go to Indianapolis mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I came up with the schools. And then I- A know, lot better structure. <laughs> well, yeah, well, it was more structured, but I also didn't know where I wanted to be. And so for me, I was like, you know, where am I gonna live? How do I even deci- start to decide about where to live? Uh, Or where to even apply. I just wanted to go somewhere new. Um, So I applied to, you know, like Pitt, Jefferson in Philly, uh, Puget Sound in Tacoma, Washington, a place in Texas, Denver, Colorado, Chicago, like all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, got everything together on PT Cass and... Submitted it pretty pretty early on, and then it was just a matter of, like, knocking out interviews with the schools that were uh, offering interviews. Um, so, yeah, you needed a
1: decent amount of time to make those lists and cross-reference and, yeah, and I mean, figure <laughs> out where you wanted to funnel this down to.
0: Yeah, because, like, even – I mean, for me, it was just – that took longer than probably the application process. Like, that was – I was starting to think about that probably in April – and it was, like, April, May, June that I was just figuring out, like, and c- talking to my parents, talking to Marissa, my girlfriend at, at the time, who I'm still with. And, like, we were trying to decide, you know, where where do we both want to live? And that was a quite a process. Uh, probably took three months versus the actual application. Once I had everything together, it took, you know, a few weeks. Um, so, yeah, it was a pretty long process. I had to take the GRE somewhere in there. Um, did That's you take Did you take it? I
1: did take the GREs. That's one thing that, you know, you're going through the PT, or the PT cast, and you're like, oh, the GREs. I I should take those. I should sign up for those. So that was another thing that kind of prolonged the process.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and you probably want to take it early enough that you theoretically could take it again if you need certain scores. I I was thankfully only had to take it once um, because I was just satisfied with, with my scoring on there. And um, and then the one school that I applied to, that Jefferson, that didn't require a GRE, is the one I ended up going to. Of course, uh, obviously.
1: I mean, I heard now that schools are waiving the GREs because of you know COVID and tough to get in testing centers and all that stuff. So schools are just waiving uh-huh. that requirement. Um, would you still recommend that? students take that even if they are applying to some schools without the requirement like would that still help them just showing that they they did take this and they took the time for it or
0: yeah i mean i feel like just for the sake of not limiting yourself to only schools that don't require it like we've had people in here who've been in that circumstance like i didn't take it so i can only apply to these schools and I'll, i'll say like oh well why don't you apply to like temple or drexel or a couple of the other bigger schools And it does end up being like, oh, well, they require the GRE, I didn't take it. So I would just take it. You you don't have to necessarily send your scores to the schools anyways if you don't want to. You can just send it to the schools that require it and don't send it to the schools that don't require it. um, If you don't want them to know in the event that you didn't do well or or whatever. I think if they're not requiring, it's because they don't care uh and so even if you don't do super well they don't care mm-hmm. they don't even require it so they're not going to like deny you for something that they didn't even care about asking you for um so yeah i would probably take it you know it's it's a drop in the bucket i didn't do much preparation for it. i think i read through and like a little handbook like thing mm-hmm. a small pamphlet basically and um you know, I had taken a couple of the practice tests, so I didn't invest too much time into prepping for it. At least, not that I can remember. Um, so yeah, I would probably, I would probably take it. Uh, the other thing is, I think now the shadowing hours are actually being waived on a lot of applications because of the challenge with getting into um, clinics. I think that that is an probably on average an unnecessary wave. Of the requirement you know i think with things normalizing you can get into a clinic that i would one thousand percent still do regardless of it being waived i would not yeah i would not say like oh well you know i don't need this anymore that that among everything else is probably one of the more important parts of your application is the shadowing hours not just the number of hours but also when you go speak to the, the people in the interview, having had that experience in the clinic gives you more true stuff to reflect on and to utilize in answering the interview questions. So the shadowing hours I 100% would not consider not doing. I think it's uh, beneficial
1: too in just deciding like, hey, do I want to do this PT route? Do I want to go another three years and become a PT? I think you need to shadow to truly understand that. Um, I also think it's a great idea to get some experience with physical therapy before you enter into PT school. It will just help you out more just understanding what a physical therapist does and what it all entails and even seeing some different patients and working with some people. I think
0: that's hugely beneficial and you it's a necessity. Yeah, one thousand percent. And you do get people who drop out of PT school because they realize, eh, this is not for me. Uh, or you get people who finish PT school and then go off to do something else that's not PT, or that become PTs and are just unhappy. Um, and yeah. so, you know, that happens with any. That could happen with any career r- route, but shadowing is what's going to tell you the most accurately whether or not that that's going to be at risk of happening or or if it kind of is a good fit or you see yourself in there especially if you you know you might shadow at an outpatient you know private practice clinic and that might not be for you but a hospital-based peds clinic might 100 percent be for you so not just in terms of the um, singular uh, number of hours or the amount of time or whatever the diversity of the shadowing hours also is important for your own benefit. And in terms of demonstrating to PT schools that you care enough to get informed uh, firsthand about what the profession is about is huge. Um,
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that schools do really look for a variety. You know, it's awesome if you have 500 hours, but if they're all, you know, sports focused outpatient, it's you know, they kind of see that as all the same, and that may not be as beneficial as somebody who has two or 300 hours in an outpatient, a sports, a, you know, acute care, a rehab, um,
0: all that. I think variety goes a long way. 100%. And it's more to speak to in your interviews, too. Like, that is that is ammo that you can use during your interview to answer questions and bring in some of your experience from the acute care setting to bring in experience from the peds setting and from the you know sniff setting and and it's going to improve your interview in terms of what you can speak to and it's going to demonstrate that you're not super one-sided i do think that for myself like the one school that i didn't get into i when i look back you know i have no idea why i didn't it was on paper easier to get into than other schools i applied to uh, that i did get accepted but I do think that that was part of the reason. Is I, I remember the interview, and I, I feel like I probably was a little bit too one-dimensional in how I presented things. You know, my interest being around an athletic population, they were probably just like, eh, yeah, this is f- f- you know, fiftieth guy I've heard this weekend who wants to work with athletes, who wants to do that, and you know, I think that I could have spoken to some of those other experiences a little bit more heavily. And that probably would have uh, been better for me to have done. Um, was there anything about the actual like logistics of the process for you, from applying, getting references, timing that that stuff, or just navigating the system that you remember being particularly hard? Um,
1: yeah, I just remember it being a lot, and just getting a lot of ducks in a row, getting a lot of like documents and um it i would just recommend just getting on early and just looking at so you can like you know find your references who who am i going to pick for my references and i think i chose a decent amount of like professors i think you that may have even been mm-hmm. a requirement and you know a lot of professors are super busy especially depending on what time of the semester so making sure you talk to them and figuring out how much of a time frame they want cuz maybe you want to apply to this school and their deadline is in november or whatever you may not be able to go to your professor a month before and get a reference and they might need, you know, six weeks or whatever to get back to you on this reference. So, um, I would just look in early, see everything you need and and figure out how long it will take you to accomplish all of those things. And then I would also recommend, I remember, you know, on the PT cast, if I recall, there was a lot of like essays you needed to write or like short answers. And then you'd go to that school's website and then they had their own essays that you would need to write. So I would also look into that and take that into consideration too, especially when you're trying to kind of time everything out.
0: Yeah, and and those school essays a lot of times those questions remain constant versus the PTCAS essay, the one just for the system is new every year. And so you might not be able to start writing the PTCAS one cuz you don't know until application cycle opens. But the school-specific ones, you may be able to get from their website and start writing those before the application even opens, uh, and and then saving yourself some time down the road by doing that. Um, For sure, with the references, like for one, you would never want to put someone on as a reference who you didn't first ask, and ask specifically... Would you feel comfortable giving me a good reference or a positive reference? Uh, A lot of times it's like, hey, can you fill out this reference sheet? And they're just like, yeah, I guess so. And uh, they might not fill it out good. like, well, you know. What to what you want. (laughs) Yeah, they might not play to your your favor. So asking them, do you feel comfortable writing me a positive or or supportive uh, recommendation letter or – filling out this recommendation you know can i put you down and and the system will contact you um that's obviously valuable and and important to know so that you're not blindsiding people and giving them only a week to do it or blindsiding them completely and they didn't even know that you're going to ask this of them um, so always asking them in advance and giving them plenty of time to to fill it out is gonna be good um I'm trying to think of anything else. The uh, the process was. I mean, it really just was a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just
1: getting a lot of everything in order and together.
0: Yeah, I I don't think that there were health things on that, right? Like prematriculation, you didn't have to get health screening, and that was like after you've been accepted and, and really start the process. Yeah, but just those little essays, the resume together. Uh, all the little school questions. Sometimes schools aren't listed on there and they have their own application system if they're not part of PTCAS, um, which is super annoying. And I didn't apply to any of those mm-hmm. just out of spite uh, for not participating in the joined system. Mm-hmm. But uh, those are all things that you probably want to look into beforehand. And even cross-referencing to see the likelihood of you getting accepted like most schools will have on their website this is the average gpa of accepted students this is the average gre scores this is the average whatever um this is the average number of applicants we get versus the number of accepted folks and if it's only a 10 percent acceptance rate and you're applying to schools at that level of difficulty probably want to apply to 10 of them right Um, not just three or four or or two or three. Uh, So checking into all that stuff and just being as well read as you can. The last piece of advice that I'll leave you on is in the instance that there's one school that you really, really want to get into, talk to the advisor. Talk to the person in charge of admissions who will either be interviewing you, who will be handling applications ask send them an email their their informations on the website somewhere it doesn't matter if you actually have questions or not invent some good questions just so that your name can be in their head send them an email ask them if you can set up a five to ten minute phone call just to chat and ask them some questions before you submit the application then submit the applet then do that then submit the application then email them a week after and say I submitted my application I just wanted to say thanks for your time and blah 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 and I look forward to hopefully working with you down the road or or speaking more with you and then a month later if you haven't heard from them check back in just say hey I just wanted to see how the application process is going I did have another question or two if you mind hopping on a call whatever just be not annoyingly but be on their radar your name needs to be recognized when they're sifting through the stack. I didn't do that at all um, because I don't know why I didn't. I, there just wasn't a specific school that I wanted to get into. And I thought my chances of getting into one of the seven was fairly good. And But I know people who were like, this is my last time applying because I've been denied by every school for two or three years. Or my GPA was a two point nine, and that's you know below the requirement for a lot of places. I really wanted to get in here. Who did do that, and who were persistent, and who had a relationship with the admissions advisor, and they got into those schools, very good schools. So that is an invaluable um, way to improve the likelihood of you getting accepted at any one school. But again, don't be annoying. Yeah. Uh, and do it professionally, and and you know at an appropriate frequency. But.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's all about setting yourself apart from the herd, right? Making yourself different. Everybody's going to be going in there with around the same GPA. They all took the GREs, they all have observation hours. Find something to throw on your resume or, like you said, to get yourself in front of the, the admissions or the professors, whoever, to make yourself different and make yourself better than the others.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So hopefully this provided you guys some insight on that process. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me at maxlepage.dpt on Instagram.
1: Or troy.cuck.dpt on Instagram.
0: And uh, otherwise, we will talk to you guys in the next one. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Training Room Talk podcast. We hope today's discussion was helpful in illuminating some of the complexities behind pain and rehab. If you don't know where to go from here please reach out to us with questions. We have mentorship options for clinicians and students and programming options for you to elevate your own fitness. We look forward to speaking with you, and again, hope you enjoyed today's discussion.